Jets know something that, you know, the people up here don't. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Joined this week by my co-host, Dalvin Asario. Dalvin, how you doing today? Doing good, Joe. Doing good. It's a uh, you know, it's a good day. It, you know, it's good weather-wise in DC. It's sixty today, so uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. Glad to be back. Good to have you back. Uh, we've got the week-to-week rotation still rolling with you and Scott. Uh, in today's podcast, we're going to talk briefly about the New York Jets' competitive loss to the New Orleans Saints, thirty-one nineteen. Uh, the performance of Bryce Petty. Talk about where the Jets stand overall in the draft standings. Uh, and thoughts on how they are going to wrap the season and what we think some early moves in the offseason could be. Before we dive into it, I want to remind you guys this podcast is brought to you by Prime Sport, official sponsor and team partner of the New York Jets. If you're heading out to Jets Chargers on Christmas Eve, make sure to check out their pregame tailgate party in the Pepsi Gate heading into the stadium, which kicks off at 11.30. For more information, go to primesport.com slash turn on the Jets. Again, that's Prime Sport, official sponsor and team partner of the team. Primesport.com slash turn on the Jets. Follow them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. This podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Razor Sport Club. Make sure before you put any wagers down on any of the games over this holiday weekend, before you put any wagers down on the bowl games or even NBA, you go to Razorsport.com. That's R A Z E R. S-P-O-R-T dot com. You can join their members page and get tips and advice from the best betting consultants out there. Uh, if you follow them on Twitter at Razor Sport Club, you can see how on point they've been the past few weeks uh, with all the different calls that they're making. So, hey, we all could use a little more money around the holidays. So, again, you got to go to RazorSport.com, R-A-Z. E-R-S-P-O-R-T dot com. Follow them on Twitter at Razor Sport Club. All right, Dalvin. Jets lose to the Saints 31-19, a game that was fairly competitive. Um, defensively, the Jets brought it in this game. After a slow start, they forced three turnovers. They let this team hang around for most of the game. Unfortunately, offensively, Bryce Petty and company could not take advantage of it. Petty very much looked like the quarterback that he was last year, looked like the quarterback that we thought he was coming out of Baylor. Uh, inaccurate, particularly on a lot of routine throws and routes. Did flash one or two nice things on a deep ball to Elijah McGuire and Chad Hansen, who both made encouraging plays in this game as another positive. But overall, a guy that's going to struggle to complete more than well over 50% of his passes, always have a low yards per attempt because he generally does not challenge down the field. And someone who's going to turn the ball over. He had two more interceptions, and he's now played in eight games and had five starts and has four touchdowns and nine interceptions. Uh, a YPA of 5.5, a uh, completion percentage barely over 50. Uh, it's just not there. And this guy's going to be 27 next season. I think it's debatable whether even he's an NFL backup at this point. He'll get to start again next week. And really, I know people are getting upset about, you know, is Petty going to play? Is Hackenberg going to play? It doesn't matter. Neither of these guys are the team's long-term starter or quarterback. The Jets need to gut this entire quarterback room. So, you know, Petty is basically auditioning to see if he should be in the discussion for being even on the roster next year. And he did not right. really get off to a good start. And it's a shame because the Jets' defense really led on the back end in the secondary by Jamal Adams, Marcus May, and Buster Screen, who probably had his game of the year, played well and, and held a really good offense in check for the most part. And by forcing three turnovers, allowed the Jets to sort of hang around, cover that monstrous spread. But 
again, it all goes to waste when you don't have the most important position figured out. What were, what were your thoughts on this game and more specifically about Petty? I mean, listen, I, I don't, I've, I've kind of, I've, I've said this, both of them were drafted. I think that the Jets overreach for Bryce Petty and they overreach for Christian Hackenberg. And I think that both of them are not NFL caliber quarterbacks. I had somebody tell me, I think it was Mark who, uh, who I really like, but he told me on Twitter, he was like, Oh, but that's low hanging fruit. And yeah, I mean, sure, because most quarterbacks that come from college at the NFL do fail, but that doesn't make it any less true. Right. And Bryce Petty for, for as much as we like to tout the progress that he's made, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty telling, Joe, that we're touting that progress in comparison to a guy in Christian Hackenberg that can't even get on the field, right? So the bar is so low that when you see Bryce Petty hit Robbie Anderson on a seam route, right, or you see him maybe throw a really good deep ball to Elijah McGuire, which realistically, if Petty leads McGuire to touchdown, but the ball was under throw, McGuire had to slow up and because McGuire had a step on the on the linebacker and he had a step on the safety that was coming over so I think one the bar is set so low that we tout any kind of progress which is a which is a problem and I think it speaks to the article you wrote a couple of weeks ago about this acceptance of mediocrity and this acceptance of like oh we could just be good enough Right. So that's why when you see fans talk about, yeah, no, I think it'd be great if we go and get Teddy Bridgewater. Right. And I like Teddy Bridgewater. But you'll hear fans say that because, oh, he'll do just enough to maybe get us into the playoffs. No, man. I think this game and the New England game and I talked about in the roundtable, the New England game, the Atlanta game, you see the difference in talent because the Falcons have Matt Ryan. The Patriots have Tom. The Patriots have Tom Brady, and then in this particular game, the Saints. Who, granted, Drew Brees has become much more of a game manager now in this stage of his career as they lean on Kamara and Ingram. He was able to make a play, and the Jets don't have a guy that can make a play for all the fanfare that Robbie Anderson gets. And I get it because again, it's the celebration of mediocrity. He was a UDFA, so again, people are touting it as like, oh look, he's so good, he could be a true number one, whatever the case may be. I don't put much stock in that. I think that he is a good receiver that's still developing, and he has gotten better this year, but there are still things that he needs to do to be consistently better, and when the Jets need a play on either side of the ball, they don't have an edge rusher that can go rush the passer like the Saints do with Cam Jordan, like the, like the Patriots do with Kyle Van Noy, like Denver has with Von Miller, the Jets don't have a guy that can go and make that play. And on offense, they don't have a guy like a Rob Gronkowski, like a Julio Jones. And again, in this matchup, like a Michael Thomas or a Kamara or an Ingram, they don't have that guy that can make a play. And you see it in these games where they're punching above their weight class because the defense refuses to be beat, right? They refuse to be embarrassed realistically. And you have Jamal Adams and Marcus May who bring that kind of attitude, but they don't have somebody that can make a play when it counts. And usually those plays come from edge rushers and wide receivers or quarterbacks, and the Jets are just below average at all of those positions. Yeah, it's like we said, they've sort of built like all the supporting parts. Like if you're having a meal, they have all the condiments, the fried right. dishes, but they don't have the, you know, the meat or fish or pasta at the heart of it, right? I mean, they have it's good. The Jets are good enough at safety and at receiver and at offensive guard uh, to compete and win. The problem is is that they're not good enough at quarterback, pass rusher and cornerback uh, to compete most weeks and win. And until that's fixed, particularly the quarterback position, you know, you could have two good safeties like the Jets do. They're still 25th overall in total defense, and they're still 5-9. Right. and nine. The Jets have two pretty good guards. They're still 5-9. and nine. Uh, The Jets have had a good defensive line for a few years, and they're still not making the playoffs. It's, you know, it's a, it's a seven-year playoff drought. And it's, it is kind of crazy to you know, wrap your head around this. This is going to be the Jets' longest playoff drought since between 1970 and 1980. 
It's the first time they've had back-to-back losing seasons since 1995 and 1996, which, of course, were the Rich Cotite years. So, Bolson McCagnan, uh, I think it's probably due to the unpopularity of the people before them, are, are getting a pass and getting a lot more patience, uh, I think, than most previous regimes would in this marketplace. Uh, because three years, no playoffs. It's been a long time since that's happened. Not even really close. Obviously not. You know, they had more close in year one, but the past two years, they're going to finish well below 500. And it's, right. You know, again, I, I think a lot of people are fighting this straw man argument that everyone thought this team was going to be 0-16 and 1-15. A couple national media people said that to get attention. Everyone who closely follows this team thought they would win between four and five games, and that's exactly what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, celebrating clearing some low bar. You know, I don't, I don't know what that gets you except more overall mediocrity. Now, before the Jets wrap the season, of course, we got to have some kind of fireworks. Muhammad Wilkerson uh, is was inactive for being late yet again. Uh, he's likely going to be made inactive for the rest of the year. I hope he is because if he gets hurt, that's the only way he's going to find his way back onto the Jets roster. He is a no-brainer cut uh, that will happen as soon as it's feasible for the Jets to do that. Uh, I believe it's $9 million in dead money they'll have to deal with, but it will clear $11 million in cap space. I might have those numbers flipped, but overall it's not going to be a financial and crippling move, and it's a no-brainer. And Wilkerson has been – I said it this way. I have not enjoyed watching a player play football less than Muhammad Wilkerson in a long time. Uh, he is impossible to watch, impossible to root for with the repeated incidents over the past few years. And it's a real shame, and I just cannot wait till this guy is off this team. Uh, what do you think about this overall situation, Melvin? Well, I mean, it, it feels so. One, just you made a point about the Jets' record and how we expected them around this mark, right? Like between four to six wins. So I think, I think we deserve, you know, champagne on New Year because we predicted this would happen. Um, I think one with Wilkerson in particular. So I will just kind of take a step back. The player that I hated seeing here the most and just in terms of just like not giving any effort was Santonio Holmes towards the end of his tenure here right like leading up to the blow up with Wayne Hunter where Wayne Hunter was probably going to throw him into the stands um and just a guy who just absolutely quit on his team with Mo Wilkerson I think it's even more frustrating because Santonio had a reputation as kind of a malcontent you kind of heard about that when the Jets acquired him right but with Wilkerson man like this is a, a guy who the Jets drafted uh, you know, and developed and he became a, you know, a, a Pro Bowl player cashed in and was supposed to be part of this foundation to go forward and to see it end this way where the Jets are probably going to lock him out or change the security codes and not let him in. Um, I mean, at worst, they'll deactivate him for the next two games and then cut him right when the season ends. I just, it's really disheartening, man, to be perfectly honest, because I don't find it surprising that Leo Williams had his best game of the season with Mo Wilkerson not there. I also don't find it surprising that over the last two years, the two best games Leo has played was when Wilkerson was there was the game against Cincinnati week one where he just dominated last year, him and Sheldon Richardson. And then, uh, and then now, obviously, now we know Wilkerson. So Leo just seems to play better with Wilkerson. Um, I think that you saw it with Darrell Revis last year. That kind of stuff is contagious, that lack of effort. Like, your young guys pick up on that. And the good thing is the Jets have made a conscious effort to get leaders in here. And I know people like to make fun of Jamal Adams and say that, oh, well, he's a leader. That's not a big deal, whatever. Like, man, it is. Because you change the tone when you have guys that refuse to accept that mediocrity. But Mo Wilkerson is the last remnant of, you know, essentially – what I hope is the acceptance of mediocrity. And think about it. Like 
you're right about Bowles and McCagney kind of getting more patience, which I think is fair. I think, and I think that that's the right move. But this was going on with Mo Wilkerson even when Rex Ryan was here. So essentially, like it falls on Rex Ryan's foot, feet, it falls on Todd Bowles's feet, and then ultimately it falls on Mo Wilkerson's feet as well because he has refused to grow up. And it's a shame, man, because this was a player, a Jersey kid who was going to be part of the foundation going forward. Do you? I mean, how? How surprised would you be if he's on the roster come next year? Oh, I think there's a zero percent chance he's on the roster next year. That ship has sailed with the the two other incidents happening late in this season where he got suspended for the quarter and now he was made inactive for the Saints game. I, th- I think he's a hundred percent a goner, which will give the Jets a little more cap flexibility. Although now they're going to have to probably look at building up some depth in the defensive line. Funny enough. Uh, after after all these years of having, you know, just a few years ago, having Damon Harrison, Sheldon Richardson, Leonard Williams, and Muhammad Wilkerson, now Williams will be the only guy back. You know, I'd imagine the Jets will bring back Xavier Cooper and Coney Ely on low-cost deals, but will likely be a position they look to continue to add depth on. But Wilkerson's gone. And like you said, it's a shame, you know, how this played out. And he has to get the most blame because it's him who's out there who's playing mm-hmm. like this. McCagnan gets blamed for the knee-jerk last-second contract. Bowles gets blamed for the repeated bad behavior that he's allowed to have happen from him over the past couple of years. And the previous regime who raised him uh, in the NFL gets blamed for having such a culture of no accountability that clearly rubbed off on him. So plenty of blame to go around for everybody, but most of it goes to Wilkerson. All right, let's talk about where the Jets currently sit in the standings. And, of course, not the playoff standings because they're 5-9 and nine and won't be going to the playoffs again, but the draft standings. Currently, the Jets would have the 10th pick in the NFL draft if the season ended now. An important thing for people to remember in a common misconception is that head-to-head does not matter when it comes to draft order. It's all based on strength of schedule for a tiebreaker. So due to that, the Jets are still behind uh, teams like Denver and Cincinnati, who they have the same record as and currently pick 10th. Now, feasibly, and this isn't even feasible, the absolute highest the Jets could get would be the fifth pick. And that would require the Niners winning out, which is not crazy with how they've been playing. Uh, the Bears to beat the Browns, definitely a good chance of that happening. Um, the Broncos beating the Redskins, potential chance of that happening or winning one of their other last, their week 17 game. Um, and then also having a team like Cincinnati uh, get another win. So the Jets need some things to fall along with losing out to move anywhere, you know, up into the top 10. If you had to ask me today, I'll probably guess they finish 8th or ninth. I think Chicago probably beats Cleveland, allows the Jets to move up there. Maybe you get a Denver win over Washington and that gets you to 8. Or maybe, you know, San Francisco stays hot and that allows you to move up a little more. But they're probably... Not going to have the fifth or sixth pick. It's probably going to be seven, eight, nine um, if they lose their last two games. I mean, how are you feeling about where the Jets stand uh, overall in relation to this large game of tanks? Man, I, I, so I think, so one, I mean, kudos to them for having a competitive season. I think that's important to say. Um, but also, I, I mean, I think these are going to be close losses, but they're going to be losses all the same. And, and, and again, I know you and I get a lot of flack where people are like, oh, my God, you guys are just so negative. And it's like, well, it's not negative when it's real, I feel like. And so here's what you want to see. You want to see the defense continue to grow. And, I'm, and by, de- by the defense, I mean guys like Leo Williams, Jamal Adams, Marcus May. Marcus May had his worst game against Denver. Denver bounced back with a really good game against New Orleans, I felt. Um, Buster Screen has turned it on over the last, you'd say, what, about five weeks or so, right? So he's been better over the last you know, second half of the season. Um, Leo Williams coming off his best game of the year. Is he going to have a duplicate performance in this coming game? Um, 
the 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 reality somebody had tweeted this and 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 some people scoffed at it but it's the truth we are now in a position and i know darren lee has had a pretty topsy-turvy year he you know he had a pretty good start it will tailed off and then they had a pretty good start after that um but it's also pretty telling that he his play has tailed off as of late and, it, and is it possible that the jets need to add again more talent to the linebacker position because they are lacking talent at that position or they're just not using it the right way um so i want to see if if you know darren lee and jordan jenkins can do something i guess because the biggest thing that i think we talked about this ad nauseum was that this is a team that needs turnovers and they need special teams plays right last week they got three turnovers on a team that does not turn over the ball that often and they were able to do that so they're going to need guys like lee to force turnovers jenkins to force turnovers and jenkins may just be a you know, an okay guy, I guess. Like, you know, like a better leader than he is player because I, I just I think he's I think he's an average player that just doesn't make many plays. Um, but it's one of those things where you're going to need the guys, the guys who are going to ho- you hope blossom into playmakers to make plays and honestly just give you something to build upon. Because if you see enough from Adams and May, and you see a little bit from Lee, and you see some more from maybe Ely, who's tailed off over the last couple of weeks as well, then maybe you can invest your resources in different positions. Maybe you you do roll the dice at, with a guy like Chubb or Arden Key in the draft because you feel, okay, I can then go get a, uh, you know, I can go get a corner in the second round maybe corner isn't as dire or maybe edge rush maybe you know you pass on an edge rusher because you think you have you know you've seen enough from Coney that you can get an edge rusher in round two so those are the decisions that you're gonna have to make as a team but for me I think it's very very telling that this is a team that again I expect them to be competitive but also speaking to the lack of talent I expect them to lose what about you what are you expecting these last two games oh I think they're gonna lose out I think you know New England will have something to play for week 17 uh, as long as they're playing the same time as Pittsburgh they'll still need to win that game to lock up the one seed I think the Chargers are still very much in the playoff hunt I, don't, I also don't think it's a good matchup for the Jets I think San Diego's front is going to give the Jets and Bryce Petty in particular a lot of problems I think maybe if McCown was playing in this game you could see the Jets being able to take advantage of San Diego laying an egg but San Diego's already won a game in MetLife this year uh, they're going to be a much more desperate team. And I just can't see Petty against that front getting wins. So I think they're going right. to finish 5-11. You know, if you ask me today, I'll say they'll finish 5-11 and 11 and pick 8th, which, look, you know, based on who's going to be in front of them, you know, the Colts we know probably won't take a quarterback unless something drastically changes. Uh, the Giants, I think it's still 50-50 whether they're going to take a quarterback or not. Could they be a trade-down candidate? Obviously, if the Jets end up behind – um, Chicago or San Francisco, they won't be taking a quarterback. The team's really got to worry about are like a Cincinnati and a Denver and the Browns who will have two picks. You never know what the Browns are going to do, especially if they keep Hugh Jackson. So the higher you could get, the better. Because the more flexibility you have, the less you would have to move to get up. But the Jets should all 100% have a chance to get one of the top, at least in my mind, the top four quarterbacks who are Rosen, Darnold, Mayfield, uh, or Jackson. Mayfield's really become sort of the guy that most people are zeroing in at because he seems like he'll be that sort of consensus third quarterback who goes somewhere in that 7 to 15 range. And look, I'm all for it. Uh, I think you got to get the quarterback. Nothing else matters. Get the quarterback. Enough with the mid-round flyers at the position. Enough with the low-cost journeyman veteran. I do think they'll be in the bidding for Cousins, but so are, Cousins, but so are a lot of teams. And you know, you know, my preference is on putting this towards a rookie quarterback and using the rest of the salary cap to build up around him. The Jets need this at this point. They need to be aggressive and take that type of a, you know, yes, it is a risk, but you've got to go get a potential franchise quarterback. So they should be in a reasonable enough position to do that. And as for, you know, these last two games, I want to see the young players finish the season strong. I want to see both rookie safeties play well. I want to see more Chad Hansen. I want to see more McGuire. 
Um, I want to see maybe Clark and Jones get some reps on the outside. But ultimately, a lot of the stuff that happens in these last two games isn't going to matter all that much. A lot of this roster is going to be churned and turned over again. You know, it's already the end for Wilkerson. It'll be the end for for Forte. Could could end up being the end for Screen. I don't think guys like, you know, Daryl Roberts, Justin Burris, and some of the other people who are playing major reps on defense are necessarily going to be huge contributors going forward. So, you know, close out the season, season finishing hard. You don't want to get blown out or embarrassed in these games. But let's hope the Jets get some help and can get as close to that fifth pick as possible. Um, Before we wrap and get Dalvin's finals words, I want to remind you guys to subscribe to this podcast, of course. Turn on the Jets podcast on iTunes, listen to episodes on our website, subscribe to the Play Like a Jet podcast. Scott Mason is currently working through uh, an interview with Marcus Coleman on the Monday Night Miracle. So, of course, make sure to subscribe to that on iTunes and get episodes on our website. He also does a post-game reaction with Kyle Fahey every Sunday. This past week, he had our old friend Corey Griffin on uh, to break down the game. So make sure to subscribe to that. Make sure to follow Dalbin on Twitter at DA underscore Sario. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Jay Caparoso. Dalbin, before we wrap, what are you hoping to see these last two games? What are your predictions? And where does the Jets' first-round pick land? Uh, so I think they lose um, competitively, but I think they lose. Um, I think they put a scare into New England, realistically. New England does seem like they have something to play for. Um, I'll be rooting for the Idzics, man the Jacksonville Idzics um, that, you know, I look forward to starting turn on the Jags next year with you. Um, no, I think the Jets, I think they finished five and 11 competitively. I think, I think it's been a, I think it's been a pretty decent year. All, all things considered. Like I think we've seen some guys step forward. You've seen some unlikely, you know, pieces that you'll probably have next year. I think the Jets end up picking sixth. Um, and I will give you an extra prediction, Joe, just because it's the holiday season. I think that the Jets walk out of the draft with Baker Mayfield as their pick at sixth. I think that would be very exciting, and I think Jet fans would be very happy about that. So on that note, we're going to wrap. We'll be back next week to talk Jets Chargers and preview the Jets' final game of the year against our good friends from New England. There we go. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Talk to you next week.